Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Christina Nelson Show, where we speak with real people who motivate, inspire, and heal. And tonight is no different. I have a very special guest with us. She is a friend to the huddle. So she is no stranger. I know we've seen her before. She has spoken on um, numerous occasions. She is my husband's mentor. And that's how I met her through him. And she would um, write, he would copy and paste her uh, thoughts for the day um, in the huddle. And very inspiring, very inspirational. She is um she is a ordained minister who stands in the office of prophet and teacher. She is the founder of Ministry of the Watchmen International. She teaches life in the spirit and supernatural living. The healing gifts operate in her ministry and she teaches healing schools and miracle services. And so without further ado, and she can tell you much, much more. So without further ado, um, I will introduce Reverend Barbara Williams. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm well. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being my guest today. And I want you to introduce yourself. Uh, just tell them about yourself, where you're from. I know I probably gave them a little bit, but you can probably give much more. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. I won't tell you when, how long ago. <laughs> I just uh, grew. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, I, I uh, went to Cleveland uh, Catholic and public schools and uh, graduated eventually from Case Western Reserve University. I had a Bachelor of Science in Nursing, was in graduate school for a little bit and uh, got bored and decided to try some different things. I got married my last year in um, undergrad school and uh, my late husband, Aubrey, uh, we were married for 30 years and uh, he passed away in 2002. And uh, since then I've been the lone, the lone prophetess <laughs> trying to hold things down for the Lord. Um, I met the Lord about Mm, let me think how many years ago. It's been over 35 years ago I've been saved. And uh, I met the Lord because uh, my marriage at that time was in trouble and, and I hit the wall with a severe depression and uh, began to cry out to the Lord. And he um, it began to speak to me through the word. I, I picked up my Bible. I had an aunt who was a uh, um, a very committed Baptist, missionary Baptist woman. And uh, in fact, I worked with her in the hair business for a while. And uh, she gave me a Bible and she encouraged me to read it. Of course, she didn't know anything about how to lead me to the Lord, unfortunately. But, you know, you get these bits and pieces. That's the way God is. You know, you hear a little bit there a little bit. And uh, he, he helped me find my way to salvation. Uh, along the way, in one of the businesses that I worked in, uh, there was a woman that uh, used to come in and share her testimony. And uh, I used to listen, overhear her talking because we had private booths, some of us did. And, and I just overheard her talking about how she got saved. And 
and uh, she was an alcoholic and she drank too much. And I would think to myself, boy, she really needed to be saved. <laughs> I don't know what that saved is, but she needed it. Not knowing that that would be the seed that would help me to turn my life around uh, with Christ and give my life to the Lord. So um, that's pretty much my story of salvation. And, and um, over a course of about five years, just in the word and, and grabbing as much understanding of, of Christianity as I could here and there, uh, God healed me. And uh, it took about five years of, of struggling uh, to make sense of what was going on. But after about that period of time, uh, I began to get my bearings again. Uh, depression left. Uh, I had prayed and asked the Lord. I said, well, Lord, I don't know. I said, am I supposed to be married to this man? He didn't seem to want to be married anymore and all of that. And the Lord just showed me. He said, just stay where you are. Don't go anywhere. He said, I'm working something out here. And uh, little by little, we began to rebuild our marriage. Uh, we did stay married for 30 years, as I said. And the Lord did many, many miracles for us. Uh, he did a miracle for saving my husband. I was saved first, and uh, 10 years later, my husband committed his life to Christ. Uh, if anybody uh, can recall any of our conferences, he was always the one on the front row lifting his hand, worshiping God <laughs> faster than anybody else did. And so God was faithful. He kept all his promises. I, I totally believe in household salvation. I believe that everybody in your household is already saved, uh, but I know the enemy will make it seem like that's not true, but it is true. And God is a faithful God. I mean, all we have to do is believe him and pray and stand on the word and trust him to do the rest and, and not walk away from these promises that he's given us because mm -hmm. it's so common now for people to just wash their hands of situations. Well, yeah, it's impossible, for man, but not with God, you know, and, and we have to let God make some changes in us. Along the way, God changed my heart in so many ways and, and is still doing it. Uh, and I'm still a work in progress. And, and uh, all of the things that I've done uh, in the Lord it, it have been a result of just walking hand in hand with God step by step, not getting ahead of him, not trying to tell him how to do his job, but letting him teach me how to receive and how to be faithful. All of the things that, that we know we need to do, uh, God will give us, give us that and he will show us how to do the things that he's, he's ordained us to do. What I'm doing now, uh, I couldn't have thought I would have done it you know, 20, 30 years ago. I never would have thought I would be doing this, uh, but here I am. And, and I'm a product of God's mercy, you know, and his grace, you know, to empower me to do the things that he's called me to do. That's wonderful. I like how you said um, you didn't get ahead of God. A lot of people get ahead of God. I don't know if people know that they're getting ahead of God. I don't think they really understand that they are trying to put the cart before the bull. So how do you just not get ahead of God? Or how did you know that you were getting ahead of God? And how did you like kind of say, okay, let me not go there? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, when, when God gave me, I, I joined Women's Aglow Fellowship uh, as a new Christian because I wanted to get in fellowship. Um, there was hard to find a church that uh, was spirit filled and taught the word, um, 
and they're not as many as we may think they are uh, nowadays even um, because the commitment to people to the word uh, like you and Pastor Eric, you know, these are rare things. You know, you don't find people that just want to dig in and serve God and, and be true to the word and want to be accurate and work, want to be right in the things of God. And so I really, really wanted a good Bible education. There were many things I didn't understand that I wanted to understand. And I found a flyer in a Christian bookstore. And uh, it was an invitation to a women's fellowship, Women's and Glow Fellowship. And I joined that. Uh, I was there for, I would say, maybe three to five years. While I was there, God built me up. I received prophecies that, that helped me uh, understand why I was here, what I was here for, what God wanted me to do. Uh, that was where I found I was called to the ministry and uh, what ministry it would be. And, and uh, I would talk to God about these things. And I was always slow to get up and do something. I, I was excited about serving God, but I wasn't the kind of person that felt I knew enough to get up and run and do things. And, and I think this is where people make their mistakes because um, people have a tendency to compare themselves with other people. And oftentimes when you, you don't look at the word and you don't look at Christ as your example, but you look around you mm -hmm. at flesh and blood, then on certain days you can feel superior to everybody, you know, and then on certain days you feel inferior to everybody. So it varies. And so you can't build anything on that comparative thing. And I know a lot of people don't think that's what they do, but I think it's true. I, I've seen it happen and I've seen people to uh, get up and run and go try to rent a building because they got called to the ministry and never stopped to say, God, who's going to teach me? How am I going to learn? Where am I going to find all this information? I mean, do I go to Bible school? Many people don't consider that at all. And, and a good Bible education is essential if you're going to teach God's people, you know, whether you, you are self-taught, if he tells you, you don't need to go to Bible school or don't go now, or just stay in the word and I'll help you get you there. Um, there's so many different avenues God uses to teach and train us. And, but, that training is essential, that teaching yeah. is essential. So I think that's the main thing is, is people just need to slow down and be honest and say, I don't have it all. I don't know it all. I've never been uh, trained. Nobody's ever taught me anything. Mm -hmm. um, many times if you're in a church, you're in a, you might even be in a good church with excellent teaching, uh, but you just don't get up off the pew and go and start a ministry yeah. uh, because you've been there a long time. And I think that's where people make the mistake. They don't see themselves mm -hmm. submitting to, you know, if you want to be a brain surgeon, you got to go to medical school. I mean, we accept that. Yeah. And I think people really need to accept that God would want them to at least submit to somebody who has a greater understanding of the word, uh, you know, for mentoring or, or uh, oversight or whatever you want to call it. But we've got to be connected as a body and we've got to uh, stop this stuff of running away with with a little bit of teaspoon of knowledge and thinking we've got it all. You know, we, we need to be connected as a body. We really do.
I like that, that teaspoon of knowledge. I, I have seen it many a times people just like, or they get a word of prophecy and the person says, you know, you are going to be a, a great evangelist for the Lord. And all of a sudden they're out on a street corner and they have no idea what they're doing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Like, hey, but they, they sound to be an evangelist. So they just go ahead. Mm -hmm. I, I know, um, Personally, um, my, my, my husband, Pastor Eric, he's told me that he came to you because he saw Watchmen and somebody prophesied to him that he was a Watchman. Uh -huh. No idea what Watchmen was. I'm sorry I'm telling your testimony, honey, but <laughs> I said, um, he said that when he saw it with you, he, he, he asked you, you're just like, what's a Watchman? And that, and that is the important thing is he had to get the knowledge of it first because no one told him what it was and he couldn't just be what they called him but without knowing what exactly it, it, it meant. And, and so you, someone had to teach him and people, I don't know if they want to be taught nowadays. They just want to go ahead, right? Go ahead out there and just run, you know, uh, how, whatever, or what they've seen done. You know, mm -hmm. I, I remember I, um, before I became a praise and worship leader, I had no idea really what it was. I just saw people leading praise and worship and I just did what they did. I didn't know that I needed to learn what worship was, mm -hmm. what it meant to worship God, what it meant to have a relationship with the Lord. What it meant, I didn't know that. I just thought I got up there and sang a song and people worship. They lifted their hands and that was it. And I was like, this is what it is to be the worship leader. But I had no idea. I had to actually learn mm -hmm. to be a worship leader. And and that's what people do. You were talking about um, depression, going back into your testimony about um, being depressed and everything and how it took five years. Um, tell us about that five year journey as much as you can. I know it's five years is a long to squeeze into this hour, but people yeah. um, don't understand that sometimes it takes time. Well, yeah, it does. And, and really, I think a lot of it was me getting grounded in the word. I'll put it to you that way because many people, I mean, you can, you can function and uh, live somewhat of a normal life, but you know, within yourself, if you're healed, you know, like the woman with the issue of blood, when yeah. she touched, she said, if I can touch him, I'll get it. And she got it, but she knew within herself that she had it. And so this is what what I sought to know that I knew that I knew that I was totally healed and I could function uh, normally again. And, mm -hmm. you know, in with certain certain types of situations or illnesses or or um, uh, troubles, uh, you know, you can make progress and then it seems like you relapse. You know, you go right back into that old pattern and and then you have to pull yourself back out again. And and uh, and I just didn't want to continue to live that way. And I just kept talking to the Lord about it and, and seeking him. And uh, of course, daily I was in the word. I, I read the word probably uh, five to eight hours a day, you know, just constantly going back uh, into the word of God, because that was the only place I found peace. And safety and comfort and hope and all of the things that you need uh, when you're when you're not thinking right and your your thought patterns are are destructive to you. And so um, I found that 
as I was submerging myself in the word, my mind was beginning to be renewed. And I began to see myself as a different person, even than I had been before I, I started suffering the depression. And I remember reading in Philippians where Paul said, whatsoever things are good, true and lovely, think on those things. And I thought to myself, well, I said, well, how can you just think on, on stuff like that just because you want to think on it? And then it, it dawned on me, God would not tell you to do something that you weren't able to do. Yeah. And I began to realize that it was my thinking and, and my persistent thinking a certain way that kept me in trouble. And I determined to be a kind of person that would, would keep joy and keep life and not think discouraged, not think depressed and not speak depressed. And, you know, long before I got in into any real word of faith teaching where we teach on the power of confession and all of that, it just kind of seemed to come to me that if I was going to uh, be a, an encouraged person and a mentally healthy person that I had to make some changes. And so I did that and thank God he taught me how to make them permanent changes, you know, that you don't change the way you think and talk for a minute. And then, you know, sometimes it is around the saints. Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. And, you know, I'm a queen, help me straighten up my crown and all that kind of stuff. And, and then when you get home, your conversation is totally raggedy. You know, mm -hmm. we, we live like that sometimes. But I found that by taking the word of God seriously and really endeavoring to make myself the discipline, discipline myself to be a new creature in Christ, not the old person, but a new creature in Christ and really live that out every day. Uh, that it made a real difference for me. And, and I can say that the change uh, has been permanent. You know, I haven't relapsed, gone to a mental hospital, gone back on antidepressants or anything like that, you know, and, and the many changes have happened to me uh, in my life since then. You know, um, my husband passed away 20 years ago and, uh, you know, things like that and, and being alone for a long time, it makes a difference in your outlook um, when you don't have that person to look forward to sharing your life with every day. You know, and, and it's not that I can't get married. That's, that's not the point. But the point is in being obedient to God. You know, um, God, we I've talked about it to the Lord. We've come to an understanding and I'm not going to get ahead of him in that either. So, uh, you know, these are the things that you learn. You learn life is more than, you know, just a bowl of cherries. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Happy times, good times all the time and, and doing the do and, and doing this and that. It's about conforming to the image of Christ and and letting that be important to you. Mm -hmm. Wanting to please God. I mean, he'll he'll make sure that we're OK. You know, God will make sure that you're pleased, but you've got to make sure that you please him. You know, yeah. that comes first. So, yeah. Oh, that's really important. I like how you said that, you know, you got to make sure that you please him. He wants you please, but make sure that you please him. Yes. What about, so when you're reading the word and you're, um, are you reading things that pertain to what you're dealing with? So you were dealing with depression. Did you read the word about depression or about renewing the mind? Did you do those things or like, how did you know? Yeah, it depended, you know, if, if what it, it was, 
I focused on what I needed from day to day. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then I began to do a systematic reading of the word as well. Okay. And so I would, you know, oh, I'm going to finish the Gospel of John today. And I just finished reading that. And, and you know, I just went through the Bible all the way through. And, and then I would stop and focus on things that pertain to what I needed at that time uh, from day to day. Uh, a lot of what I, I began to read about was relationships and how to have really healthy relationships in life and, and healthy from a Christian perspective and from a, a social perspective and, and how to expect God to heal a marriage uh, where people would say things like, oh, well, you know, God's got something better for you. And, you know, you just wonder where people live when they make statements like that. You know, mm -hmm. your heart is broken because, you know, your marriage isn't right. And they want to snatch you away from that and tell you there's something better somewhere, you know, I mean, better like what? <laughs> Whoever you marry is going to be human, just like the one you're with now, you know what I'm saying? So, might as well try to make the best of this one and see what God will do. But I got assured that God was going to um, heal our marriage. You know, he began to show me in the word uh, and I, I believed what he told me. And I think it, it was good. I think in a lot of ways that I wasn't really in a church where, you know, the enemy just sets you up sometimes to have so much stuff stolen from you uh, when you're around believers. Because when you're around believers, you kind of drop your guard. Yeah. You assume everybody is for you and everybody comes up to you with a, a word or an encouraging word or something to say um, has your best interest at heart. And it's not that people don't like you or they despise you or anything like that, but people are people and people are spirit in their flesh. And many times people will be in the flesh and give you some advice and somebody told them. And, you know, I had a girlfriend that tried to believe God for a miracle for her relationship and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I'm thankful God spared me of a lot of that. And that I really, really knew that my marriage was was repaired before I got really involved with Christians and ministry and stuff like that. Before I would I would go to the I would go to church here and there, but there was nothing, there was no meat on the bone, you know, when I got there. Denominational churches, there uh, even some non-denominational spirit-filled churches, but not many of them offered much. And so I, I found enough Christian television to teach me enough things that I needed wow. uh, at the time, you know, to build myself back up again and, and recapture uh, my mental stability. And so I'm very thankful for, you know, I was a, 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 a continual viewer of the 700 Club. I watched <laughs> Oral, Oral and Richard Roberts, you know, um, people like that, that had something to offer. Got that it. you could see in the Bible that believers were supposed to do. And so that's what I was looking for. What I saw in the Bible that was normal for believers mm -hmm. and normal for us to know faith and to under and to believe God for the impossible and, and that kind of stuff. So I tended to stick with that, uh, that kind of thing. And, and that's really what helped me to put together uh, the understanding of God that I, I, I eventually got. But yeah, and I, I, I attended some, some uh, self-help 
uh, group meetings. Uh, I reached out every every way I thought I could get help in order to uh, get the help that I needed. So, uh, and I was prayerful about it. If there was something that I wasn't sure of, I would say, "Well, God, if this isn't right, you know, let me know." And whatever is good for me, I'll take that. But you know, I mean, human beings always have a mixture, you know, a mixture of flesh and spirit and whatever. And so uh, just always checking in with God was, was the way that I made it, you know, and, and, um, and received my health back again and my marriage back again. And, and um, my husband and I had a good marriage, very happy people. And, you know, he was supportive to me in the ministry and, um, you know, all of the things that you might expect uh, where you can see God has really kept his word and, and did what he said he was going to do. Wonderful. 700. You brought the 700 Club up. I used to watch them um, as a young Christian, as a young woman. And I remember, <laughs> almost embarrassed to say, I used to wait. I used to love the ending when they would start prophesying. And yeah. I'll be sitting there waiting to see if they're going to say something. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, that, that really is, uh, that ministry is very unique. Mm. Um, very unique. And that uh that the um the the anointing that hovers over that ministry i i had a chance to visit that studio um probably about 5 years after uh i got saved uh, my husband and i went on a vacation virginia beach and i asked him i said why don't we go by the 700 club? You think you would want to go by there? And he, he wasn't really sold on God, but he decided that he would go. And uh, there was a gentleman that I was friends. I think we were Facebook friends or, or uh, somehow I had connected with him, but he was one of their prayer counselors down there. And so he took us around himself, our private little tour. And, um, I, we passed by the studio and the chair where Pat Robertson sat, uh, you could just feel the anointing there. Wow. And, and I, I said to myself, I said, I want to go sit in that chair. And then something restrained me. It was like, uh-uh, don't play. Mm -hmm. you, you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that was a sanctified and a holy place for them. And so you can see why everybody that, that sat in that, all their hosts operated in the word of knowledge without fail. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. Everybody that he appoints to function in a host position receives that anointing to operate in that gift to help the people. And that's, that's, that's true apostolic authority. Mm -hmm. you understand what I'm saying. And, and, um, Pat Robertson is an apostle. You can see that all over his, you don't go around the world and set up TV stations everywhere without God having ordained you to do that kind yeah. of stuff. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing what people can do when they just flat out obey God. And I have very high respect for that ministry. Very high respect. Absolutely. Obeying God is the key. I would, I would think that, you know, yeah. No, just flat out obeying what God said. How do you know? And a lot of people have this question. How do you know when it's God saying it or when it's your flesh saying it? <laughs> when you're the one that's like, I'm going to start a television show, you know, or did right. God do this? 
<laughs> yeah, I think sometimes God, you know, that's a personal relationship thing. Uh, God has to work that out with us as individuals, how he speaks and how he deals with us. And okay. and because uh, we're human and but he knows us so personally. And so he knows how to get his point across to everybody. He knows how to make it real to us what he wants us to do and um, and how he wants us to do it. And, and as long as we're moving by faith, I think we can we can make it through and, and get the good results that God wants us to get. But just doing it on your own, I've seen that fall flat so many times. I, I've, I've been embarrassed for people. You know, they'll go and want to, um, you know, have a three-day conference and not have money to put down. And, you know, I would go into places where I would, would uh, uh want to have a, a meeting. And then I had to hear about the church that came in and, and they let them uh, have their meeting. And at the end, they gave them the bill and nobody could pay the bill. And they said, you're not one of those kind of churches, you know, the, the ones that say, you know, name it and claim it or something like that. And so, um, yeah, there's a lot of, of um, and when it's a church and when it's God's mm -hmm. people, you hear about it over and over and over again. Yeah. So, uh, but, but I thank God that he's never left us high and dry. And I think that's the key. If you're being obedient to God, you may miss him by, by a little bit, but he'll always come to bat for you. And then he'll tell you later. Now, the reason this happened is because of this, this, and this, and, and let's get that straightened out for next time. So, so the nice part about it is when you are obeying God, even if you make mistakes or if you fall short or you got a, a bill to pay at the end and, and can't really cover it, um, he'll come to bat for you and, and, and show you um, but I think if, if he didn't tell you to do something to begin with, he's never going to show you how to correct it. You, you understand what I'm saying? So why would he help somebody who's not, not being obedient the right way? So, but I thank God we've been able to, we we're all paid up. We always pay all our bills mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and we have credit. The ministry has credit if we fall short on the offering or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, I was never really left out there high and dry uh, with anything that God told us to do. And I'm thankful for that. that that's his mercy, you know. Oh, that's awesome. Ministry of the Watchmen International. When did that start? How long has it been? And, and what the name, first of all, and, and <laughs> the name, Ministry of the Watchmen. Right, right. People may be watching right now and not and not and themselves, like my husband didn't know what does or don't know what a watchman is. So can you Yeah, for sure. That? Well, a watchman is is a uh, part of the is a ministry really under the office of the prophet. Uh, a watchman has a set assigned duty before God uh, for prayer, intercession, warfare, um, also teaching and training other watchmen. The prophet's uh, office is responsible for that. If you look in the Old Testament, uh, Samuel was, was the first um, uh, to start a school of the prophets. Okay. And a school of the prophets was really a anybody that God would call to that that office and he would call people in many different ways. You see Elijah threw his mantle on Elisha and pulled him out of the, the uh, field of taking care of plowing his, his, um, 
uh, oxen and so forth and so on. Uh, but then also there were sons and daughters of prophets that would prophesy as well. So they lived in a community uh, together for the purpose of training and teaching and, and um, in the ministry, similar to the Levitical priesthood uh, way of living. Uh, Levites would live in, a, they were a family, a, a separate tribe, and they lived together and they taught, they taught the younger ones how to minister for the Lord, how to take care of the tabernacle, how to minister in the holy place, how to find out who was the next one to be the high priest, all of that. They have had training for that. And uh, thinking about what we were just saying about training before, these people lived together. So you not only learned understanding what you were doing and how to do it, but when you live with someone, you're discipled and you pick up lifestyle. And when you live for God, lifestyle is still very important. Yeah. Um, we don't go home with one another necessarily, but we live in a community. For instance, uh, many people would look at us as being kind of strange and, uh, you know, oh, you have to go here and you go, well, why do you have to go out of town all the time? And why do you have to take a meeting out of town? Well, God told us to do it, you know, and that was our normal routine. I had uh, um, a um, two, ch two chapters, one in Cleveland, one in Detroit. And we, I had to function as overseer of both of those. So you just take care of people. You don't. And I've heard people say, well, I'm an apostle. I just, I start churches and I leave them. You don't do any such thing. Mm. Call yourself and you don't do that. Mm -hmm. You don't leave anybody. Wow. You understand what I'm saying? That's just wrong. And yeah. they don't know what they're talking about. They've never been trained to do anything. And they think that's what, you know, if you can get, X number of people under you, so to speak, that makes you somebody. Well, it doesn't, you know. Right, right. It, it's what the, the work that you're called to do, if you're faithful doing the work that you're called to do, and if you are faithful doing what God tells you to do as far as people are concerned. Now, when we would have our conferences, they were either three or four day meetings. We all stayed in the same hotel. We all ate the same food. We all, <laughs> you understand mm -hmm. what? We took care of one another as a community of prophets. And so that people never see anymore, you know, but they look at it from a distance and think we're a little strange. Well, how come you can't do something else on Saturday or how come you can't do? Well, God's not calling me to do that. You go do what you want to do with your Saturday. But I know mine is booked already. And so, you know, sometimes you get the reputation of being controlling, rigid, uh, you know, just all kinds of accusation the enemy will hurl at you, but we're committed to the work. The work is to teach and train watchmen, teach and train prophetic people, prophets, sons and daughters of prophets, mm -hmm. and train other ministry gifts, and, and to do the ministry of the watchmen. We have a set group of prayers that we have prayed faithfully for 35 years, nonstop, twice a week. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, That's and, and we don't we don't quit. We don't want to quit. I I told him I said I plan on walking into my coffin, but when I do, guys, <laughs> better stay here and pray. If you don't, I'm gonna get back up and make you pray. You understand? <laughs> <laughs>
Wonderful. Right. You think pulling Elijah out of the ground was something. You just wait. Y'all stop praying and see what happens. <laughs> and I, I know that you um you feed people too. Like I, I was, the, the lunch, I don't know if it's uh, after church, you after your service, do you? Yeah, I. you know what? I have always included a meal and, mm-hmm. and I'm, I know why I do it, but it's not a conscious, like I'm doing this because kind of thing. Sometimes it just flows out of what I'm doing, you know, in the ministry in a natural kind of way. Mm-hmm. But I've seen uh, people... Um, leaders have people have like, they'll have a a seven day conference and not provide one meal for any of their workers. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's just abusive. That's just wrong. You find some money in your budget some way. If you take pastors out and preachers out and feed them and, and all of that, you can feed your workers. And so I told the Lord, I'm never going to do that. I'll always take care of your people. Those who, if, you know, don't muzzle the ox that treads out the corn. You can't starve people and make them go and find their own food and all of that. So we've always taken care of it in community. The other part of it is uh, eating together is part of covenant. And I believe in that. I believe in breaking bread with people as a part of our commitment and, and showing that we are a family and we are God's family. We don't leave anybody out. We include everybody. Um, and, and I serve many times I'll go around the table, give everybody dessert, make sure they have what they need. You know what I'm saying? And even though I just preach for a couple hours, I, I still have the energy to do that. So, and I think it's very important. That That is so important. A lot of people don't look at that when, whenever I have seen where after service, um, if we all went to break bread together, I would have never seen the pastor get up and try to serve any. <laughs> so if I would have seen you get up and serving people, I'd have been like, what? Is she? She's not sitting here and people aren't running to grab her dinner and fix her plate. <laughs> right. All that stuff. Well, you know, and I, I do, I do receive that too, but they know that I prefer to make sure that everybody's comfortable, everybody has what they want. And, and um, you know, that's my offering to the Lord. That's between me and God. And um, and I, I like having it that way uh, because that's something that I do is unto the Lord as well as, as men. But I've had ministers follow me around and tell me, don't you do that? You shouldn't be doing that. You do too much. And I want to pop them. I say, you better leave me alone because you're about to get hurt. <laughs> Seriously, you know, oh my God. They, you know, it's it's one thing to bring your traditions everywhere you go, but that's not even a good tradition. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I mean, sitting down and, and being served all the time. I mean, that I don't want that to be a tradition. I'd rather be able to be uh, who God has called me to do, to be. And I am a servant. You know, I'm, I'm I am that person. You know, yeah. that's who I am. So. Oh, wow. So let's talk about you have School of the Prophets and you have School of Healing or Healing School, right? Yeah. Now, the Healing School is a format that we use for our healing meetings where I take time to lay a foundation in the word uh, before I have an altar call. And so um, in, in God has honored it uh, because 
I've since I've since understood that it's very hard to get uh, many healings with just one meeting, and uh, because uh, I've heard many healing ministers teach on it, and and some that I know that are in the ministry now, they generally will have four or five days mm-hmm. of teaching the word before they even have a healing meeting where they expect people's faith to be built uh, for that. And so I've just, I did it that way. I said, Lord, I didn't know that wasn't the right way to do stuff. I just know it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But God has honored it. And and we do get many people healed. We get a lot of people healed through intercession, uh, people that we pray for that they write in, call in or uh, people in the ministry bring their names and bring their needs to us. Um, but we've always believed that that healing is now. And that has always been my, my desire in the meetings and what I go for is to get results now. Mm-hmm. And so, and God has honored that. And so, and I believe that knowledge is increasing And so the acceleration should come to where we can just go to people on the street and not have to build them up by teaching them the word a whole lot, where you can operate in the word of knowledge and and, uh, word of wisdom and and healing gifts and so forth and get them healed. So Mm -hmm. um, I would like to take several days, but... It just hasn't worked out that it's been that. But and then part of it, too, is that I am teaching believers the ministry of healing as well. And and they need the knowledge and and I need to keep myself refreshed in the knowledge. So it works out for our good. And and when we have an altar call, God heals people. And and that's wonderful, you know, and and, um, sometimes it's done through the gifts of the spirit. Sometimes it's done through people's faith and and, uh, you know, I've had people to come in and, and tell me things like, well, I saw your your picture on a flyer and God told me to come to this meeting. So I'm here to get healed and they get healed. And and uh, so God uses I mean, he does it all kinds of different ways. He'll speak to people. And and when they get that faith and they know that they know that they know that they'll get it, mm-hmm. they'll get it, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have confessions at the end of, and I, I, I watched them, of course, my husband and I watched them on, on Saturdays. Um, they come on YouTube, everyone. So we'll put it up at the end. You'll um, be able to catch her on a Saturday afternoon. But you always, one thing that I, I like to hear, especially with COVID, you always say, I don't have Rona and Rona don't have me. That's right. <laughs> and I can't get her and she can't get me. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's our declaration. Now, um, when when we do that, that is a a uh, declared covering over the people of God. Okay. And uh, nobody's gotten it, to be honest with you. Wow. That, that is under that declaration. Now, we've had some people that veered off of their normal routine and contracted it, but mm-hmm. God healed them. You understand what I'm saying, but that's been rare. I would say maybe two people out of maybe 30 or so Mm -hmm. uh, contracted it that way. And, but God healed them right away. But Mm -hmm. in the main, I mean, you're always going to have some exceptions, but for the most part, everybody's stayed healthy and, and, you know, the high risk people, 
mm-hmm. overweight, high blood pressure, you know, stick it. They're healthy too. So you know, <laughs> we didn't get them either. So yeah, but we decree a thing and you can have it. And so that's what we do at the end of the meeting. Uh, we decree it and and uh, you know, I I'm one of these you know, prophets, we're kind of demonstrative. I'll slap the gavel down and it's so decreed. And yeah. that's the end of it. So you you don't, your faith doesn't waver. You don't sit there and wonder what this symptom means. And that, that symptom means you, it's been decreed over you already that you don't get it. And right. so, and, and, um, and it works, you know, it's God's word and your faith in it causes it to be real for you. So, and you can decree, Anything that God puts on your heart like that over your, you know, over your children, over uh, your your finances, mm-hmm. your life, whatever you you want to uh, to do that. Uh, we have the authority to do that uh, where we have jurisdiction, you know. Amen. I like that. People don't know that. And I think people don't know their authority. You know, here in the huddle, we at the huddle, we teach them um, that we will conquer. And that's with the word of God. Amen. And Amen. so we, are, we uh, push that, you know, the word is the word heals, mm-hmm. the word heals. And uh, we always go off of Psalms 107 and 20, sent his word to heal them and deliver them from their destruction. Absolutely. And so we have that one thing that we hold fast to, that mm-hmm. we want people to understand that it's his word that heals. And now what some people do um, get confused with is, is saying things like, well, do you does that mean you don't take medicine? Does that mean you don't go to the doctor? Can you explain that part to them? We're not saying don't go. We're not saying don't take medicine, but we are saying it's the word that heals. So can you kind of expound on that? Yeah, because really it's wherever your faith is. Mm -hmm. You can't move beyond your faith and you can't move. You can't uh, deny your faith. Whatever it is you believe in your heart, that's mm-hmm. the way you need to go. And so people who ask questions like that mm-hmm. are, are um, challenging a legalistic role. Okay. And we don't do that. See, when you're a faith person, it's not you must do this, you must. We're not under the law anymore. Mm-hmm. We're under grace that comes through faith. And if you must you must believe in your heart. If you don't believe you can go home and, and take the word and be healed that way, go to the doctor, go so you can feel better. If they have a pill to offer you and you think that's the way to go, then do that. But I would say, ask God's leading first. And I think that's where a lot of times people miss it. They don't ask God first, which Mm -hmm. direction to go. And then they're floundering. Should I go to the doctor? Shouldn't I go? Oh, are you telling me I can't go? Well, no, I'm not telling you that. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, you've got to follow your faith. So you've got to find out where your faith is, number one. And I think that's the missing ingredient. People don't really live by faith and, and understand when their faith is speaking to them you know, what to do and which direction to go. But God's not scared of your your high blood pressure medicine. That's <laughs> not going to stop him from healing you. You know, he'll heal you with it or without it. It's just up to you. What do you feel you should be doing? But I would say this, if you're taking medication, stay in the word. Because the word, it's, you know, 
health is really a spiritual issue. It's not a physical. It manifests in the physical realm, but it's really a spiritual issue because Jesus settled it with his stripes. And that was a spiritual transaction. Mm. He got beaten in exchange for us getting a beating. Uh, that's a spiritual transaction. That's yeah. not a natural transaction because mm -hmm. it holds for everybody now even. And, and we're not even in that that time where he lived in. So, and, and, it, and, it, and it holds for everybody who will believe in that. And so, you know, if, if you feel better going to the doctor, go to the doctor. If you really feel sick, go. They can probably give you something to help you, but hold on to the word of God. Don't think that excuses you from studying the word and getting the word in you because people tend to think it's either one or the other. It's either faith or it's the doctor, but they can work together. You know, one can support the other one until you are feeling much better. You probably need to take some kind of medical attention. If you're not feeling well, God wants you to feel good. And so he's not embarrassed or ashamed or he's not going to get mad at you because you take pills. You know, right. sometimes pills can help you. But I would say this, stay in the word because that pleases God when you start building your faith. And then when you think about it, believers have a mandate to go and lay hands on sick people and see them heal. And when are we going to do that? You know, if you don't ever get started, sometimes your sickness can lead you into your healing ministry. If mm -hmm. Because that's happened with so many people Mm -hmm. throughout the church history. Yeah. Uh, devastating illness in the family that took people out caused them to seek God. And, and uh, John G. Lake was one of those people. Yeah. Tremendous healing ministry. There's so many others. Kenneth Hagin was that way. He was mm -hmm. on his deathbed and God raised him up. And so many times that's your, your introduction into your own healing ministry. So stay with the word, stay with learning and stay with understanding always. We never know too much about the word. We really don't. Oh, that's good. That's good. And that's very encouraging for someone out there who may be confused about that, that situation. Yeah. There are a lot of people do, believe it or not, a lot of people do get confused. Well, I know you believe it, but people do get confused at that point. They're like, well, what does that mean? Like, yeah. what do you mean by that? We've, we've been approached, you know, about, about it as well. And so to yeah. have an answer, be able to to have an answer is is wonderful. Um, they do want me to put up when you're on Saturday. Is it Saturday afternoon at two? Yeah, about one thirty is what it may be a two because we do the offering and and um, that part of it we we don't put on there. We just start in with the word. I think on Saturday, so around one thirty or two on Saturday and Sunday around the same time as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that is on your YouTube channel. Is YouTube, is it the Ministry of the Watchmen? Yeah, it's Facebook as well. We're, we're, okay. Yeah, yeah. so we're on Facebook and um, uh, I, yeah, YouTube as well. Yep. Okay. I know that um, this is your website, ministryofthewatchmen.org. Uh, .com as well. Oh, it is .com? Okay, uh -huh. forgive me. Yeah. .com. Okay. We'll definitely clear that up. But yeah, so that is um, how you can see all of her uh you know see everything right there and um uh go to youtube the people are asking for it they're saying please 
put that up. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah. Watch. Um, um, it's it's really good, very encouraging, very inspiring. Um, and it's really what I like about it, what I like about your ministry is that you're you're laid back. You're not like, you know, who would I be kidding? Right. Christina, now who would I be fooling? <laughs> you're so laid back and you just sit on your thing. You have to, you know, you, and you just like, just like you did tonight, you just talk to the people um, and just give them what God gave you. And I, I love that. I love that. It's such a practical teaching. It's easy to understand. You never put it out there where I'm like, what? You know, like, <laughs> what does she say? Right. No, it's so, it, you make it very plain and simple. And so uh, we appreciate that very, very much. Very, Thank very you. much. Thank mm -hmm. you. Yep. And one more here. She said, man treats, but God heals. That's Amen. good. Man, there you go. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. Good teaching. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's good. Right. Uh, I enjoyed you tonight. Thank you so much. I enjoyed you too. I I was thinking to myself, I said, I got to get, get with Miss Christina to see what we can come up with. I really enjoy the way you interview people and um, you just really have a gift for it. And it's just such a blessing to, uh, and I know you have your own, you know, abilities and all of that, but but you lay that aside so that somebody else can can show what God can do through another vessel. So that that's really important. I appreciate that about you. Thank oh, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. I we um, my husband admires you greatly, and so I, I um, always I look to you. And he that the, we look forward to the the thought of the day. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. My nightly teaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So everyone, when when Pastor Eric puts that up, this is the woman that that is the author of the, uh, Thought for Tuesday, Thought for Wednesday, Thought right, for Wednesday. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Puts yep. Up the, the night before um, that day. So. Uh huh. Yeah, I have a lot of fun with that. It's one of the joys of um, of being a minister. You know, you can always connect with the body of Christ and God's people. So that's, that's the blessing that it is for me. So that much I do appreciate. Oh, good, 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 good. So do you have anything final words to say to encourage someone today? Well, I just want to say that Jesus loves you with all of his heart. And he's, he's proven that to us, uh, but every day he'll prove it to you over and over and over again, just walk hand in hand with him and, uh, love him, uh, do the things that please him, put him first. And that's the best life. It really, really is. Regardless of material things, you know, anything like that, put him first. And that's really your best life. That's the best life to have. Oh, I love that. See, practical, simple. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's why she didn't bust out the anointing oil and start. <laughs> That's what it is. The right. best is to know that the love of God is, is is for you and he loves you very much. And yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Reverend Barbara. We appreciate you. You know, we love you. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. You guys are, you're good friends and I really appreciate your friendship so much. Oh, thank you. We appreciate thank you. you. So everyone.
Okay, so guys, thank you so much. Um, thank you for tuning in. Tomorrow, Pastor Eric will be on Blog Talk. Wow. And he will be talking about, is that the one with the prescription? Prescription um, for healing. Prescription for healing for tomorrow at Blog Talk at 12 noon. So uh, tune in to that, call in and listen to that. I'm sure it's going to be uplifting and encouraging and a lot of information that he shares as well. And because he... Um, he likes uh, Barbara, Reverend Barbara's teaching, so <laughs> he's going to to give it um, give it to us tomorrow, and we can't wait. And Friday will be our Friday night live with Sandra Ross, and she's going to be on uh, Friday night. So everyone, we will see you um, this week during the week, and we love you and thank you everyone for uh, tuning in. We appreciate you, and thank you once again, Reverend Barbara, for tuning and for being my guest. Thank you, my pleasure. Amen. God bless you, everyone. Have a great night. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.